Is that great news? That's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to worship. And that's a reason to join together. Let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful as we stop and ponder and remember the very fact that you came to save us. Lord, I pray that that would resonate in our minds and our hearts as we go throughout this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm expecting that maybe, like me, you come in and you see all of the lights and the gives you a warm glow, gives you encouragement. I, I know that for Pam and I, one of our traditions we enjoy doing is to go out and look at Christmas lights. And so Friday night, we were out driving around the neighborhood, and one of the houses that we like to go to has uh, just a full display of lights, and then... Um, they are all set to music, and so it really is fun. There's always cars lined up looking at the lights there, and this year there wasn't, that wasn't on, so uh, we missed that one, but we found, found some other ones, and I, I have some pictures here of Christmas lights. How about that? <laughs> You're glad just uh, that that one's not across the street from you, <laughs> but we... Uh, I, somebody was talking about what type of crew would it would take to uh, set that up. That's a good question. We got a couple others. Uh, the Winter Wonderland. It's kind of fun to hear you. This kind of audible ah, ooh, ah. Yeah, one, one more. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's not our house. <laughs> uh, our, our house, oh, we'll get into that later on. But I have one more that makes all of those pale in comparison. And it is lights that light up the sky. So now that one there is out there available for us to look at 365 days a year. They're out there. And we have this temptation in our minds to kind of lift up and magnify things that man has done or made. You know, you've, you've got rockets or, or uh, going to the moon or, or um, landscape or decorated houses or beautiful uh, sports heroes or celebrities, all those kind of things. But we take for granted the things that are just right in front of us, the creation, the universe, or the tiny intricacies of the cell or Maybe it's the expanse of the mountains or the, the oceans. Or maybe it's the manger. Those things that God has done that are easy to take for granted. So we're in this series called What You Should Really Want for Christmas. And our first week was hope. Second week was joy. Those things we can grasp and understand that make sense to us. Yeah, we need Hope, joy, love, peace, those type of things. This week, the emphasis is on God's glory. Like, huh, never thought about that. Have you ever thought of asking for, to see God's glory? I confess that I had never thought about that myself, but as we were preparing this and thinking about this, and I remembered Moses said, 
Lord, please show me your glory. And so then God takes Moses, hides him in a rock, puts his hand in front of him. I don't know, it's kind of a funny picture. And then he walks past, and then Moses sees his backside. And so don't think about that picture too much, but just... The, so Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, and his face is radiant, shining with the glory of God. You see, if you see God's glory, it's going to change you. You're not going to be the same again. The shepherds, they're just out there watching their sheep, ordinary night, normal shepherds, no big deal about any of it, until they see the glory of God. And then everything starts to change. And so what maybe you really need for Christmas is to see God's glory. So let's look at this text. It begins there in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. We've heard it read with the, uh, the video. Well, let me read it through again. Just uh, get and look as you listen through it. Uh, pick out those emphasis on the glory of God. So in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping a watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly with there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who with whom he is pleased. So when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, what the Lord has made known to us. So they went away with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen, heard and seen as it had been told them. So, the glory of God is not just a shining light, or it's not just a song that the angels sing, or it's, it's not just a message that the shepherds proclaim. It's the unmeasurable, indescribable greatness of God. If you see God's glory, it's going to change you. So we, we start out this text, and, and you know, the, know it well. They're watching their flocks by night, and the glory of the Lord shines around. And so I'm sure that would have been quite a shock factor for them as they're going about a normal evening, and here's the light, there's the angel, now there's more angels. We try to portray the glory of the Lord in movies or in uh, children's dramas with a, a bright light. 
I'm sure the Lord looks down at that and says, well, nice try. <laughs> what else are we going to do? We... I was uh, standing out in the foyer and the sun was shining in through the window and, and Dan Eichem was standing right in front of me. I said, oh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> so, it's normal for us to be afraid of the light. But God's glory transforms the night and makes it light. We have a natural fear. We, have, and we use all kinds of lights to dispel that fear, the darkness, the things we can't see. We've got night lights. We've got headlights. We've got flashlights. We've got motion detector lights. And, and then in the dark of Christmas, the dark to dark of winter, we've got Christmas lights. But we can't see well in the dark, and so maybe we feel vulnerable, or maybe we are vulnerable, and, and maybe we have in our mind, or even in reality, that bad things happen at night. But more than just darkness, physical darkness, is another type of darkness. It's the darkness where sin is hidden, where shame is a secret, and lies are concealed. It's a closet. It's a closet where skeletons are kept. But God's glory can shine in that night, and it can change it to bright. It can expose the hidden and reveals the secrets. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 gives a, a picture of this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. The people who do not know the glory of God, they don't, they're walking in darkness. They're living in darkness. They don't know Jesus. They don't have the hope of God. They don't have a, a purpose for life apart from just mere existence. His glory makes the darkness light so that there can be cleansing, there can be forgiveness, there's freedom and revelation and understanding. All that comes from that revelation of God's glory. You know, we talk about it in, in terms trying to help us understand. We talk about Open our eyes. We've got songs that go along with that. Open our eyes that we may see Jesus, all that. And we can physically see, of course we can, but yet, apart from God's revelation, we can't understand the things of God. We need, his, we need him to open our eyes to reveal his glory. Everything else starts to come into focus then. And then this baby, born in a manger, all of a sudden has a purpose. and makes sense. It gives us purpose, gives us meaning. The Bible becomes believable. Creation, we look at it and it's full of wonder, all of God's design. The family that God has put together, called the church, is personal. And prayer becomes an intimate conversation with God. 
So the shepherds, they're changed. Their night has turned to bright or light or however you want to word that. But then notice verse 9, they were filled with great fear. And rightly so. Angels are not the cute little things that we put on the top of a tree as an ornament. The biblical description of an angel is a terrifying being, powerful. They would have been surprised by the light itself all the more about an angel that they had never seen before. And now there's a heavenly host, the whole sky is filled with them. How can you imagine, how can you not be terrified in that moment? But aside from the shock factor of all of what's going on, these guys are not easily frightened. They're fighting animals in the dark. That's their purpose of watching the flocks by night and all that. And this glory of God changes them from fear to faith. Look what they say as, as takes place right after this. Verse 15, the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. They believed the message. And they went with haste. You have this picture of anticipation and excitement. <coughs> A what are we going to find type of attitude. So it's natural for us to have fears. We all have fears of various kinds, maybe more this year than normal. The question isn't whether we have fears. The question is, what do we do with them? It's also natural that we just want to avoid the fears. Just stay away. Or maybe we get paralyzed. And the worry just plays over in our mind and becomes terrified and all that kind of just builds. Or maybe we try to control the, control the situation and fight the fear in some kind of manner. What would happen if we brought our fears to God? And maybe even just describe them to him. What would he say to you about the things you're afraid of? Don't worry, I've got this. Okay, we, we have lots of things that we need to be mindful of the details and, and careful about. But God is bigger than the problems that we face. In the presence of God, our greatness uh, and his greatness or glory, all of the other things of life seem to fade. So the shepherds, they're changed. They go from fear to faith, and then they go and look. What do they find? In verse 12, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Sounds so impressive. What a big deal. A manger? And this is the proclamation of the king of kings coming? God is expecting a little more. The, you see... The, the glory of God changes things that are small or insignificant or lowly. He makes them holy. Never a simpler birth, never a holier place. 
an animal shed, a barn. The king of kings makes his entrance into the world. Have you ever stopped to think about the icons that we hold on to as Christianity? A manger and a cross. Pretty simple. And yet, holy. Because why? Because God indwelled them. I would say that uh, perhaps every Christian family has a manger of some kind. I would, we, I was asking Pam, how many mangers do we have? So she counted them this morning and, and she stopped at 34. <laughs> and that's including the little ones that are on the tree and, you know, there's little ones all over the place. And it's amazing. You think about something so small, so insignificant, and cities have lawsuits over whether you can display that thing. Why? Because it's been made holy. It's sacred. He trained, God transforms that crate into a, a, a throne. Hebrews 1 verse 3 describes Jesus the glory of God. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the power of his word. Right there. On a pile of straw. In an animal, animal trough. There's the glory of God. Now, God's glory changed Mary and Joseph, it changed the shepherds, it changed the manger, but it's still changing things today. And all of a sudden, this building, it's just a structure, becomes a holy place. Or maybe it's your home where you're worshiping, and it's special because it's a place and time where you're worshiping God. Or maybe it's you. He changes people. He gives his Holy Spirit so that the presence of God can be in you. And it makes you holy. Notice what this text says now after the shepherds. Verse 17, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the, what the shepherds told them. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Can you imagine uh, being a shepherd and trying to describe to your neighbors what just happened? I think that would be tough. Well, you see, it was, it was like a lot... I, the light, and then uh, I, I think it's like an angel. And what's an angel? And tough, tough job to describe that. It would have been just a tale. It would have soon been forgotten. Except it was about God, and it was true. 
That's still being told today. It's his story. It's a message of good news, of great joy for all people. It's a message of the Savior, the promised Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. It's a message of God's glory. It's a story that changes lives around the world. I, I'm a mar- I marvel at that when I go to other places in the world and I can't even communicate with the people, language barrier and all that type of thing. And yet you can see God changing them because his word is powerful. It's possible, maybe likely, that we become accustomed to this message. We've heard it before. Every year it's the same message. Maybe we forget that we have a deep and desperate need for that Savior. Maybe what we really need this Christmas is to experience God's glory. The greatness, the grandeur, the magnificence of who He is. I have a rock up here. I'll show you a little bigger picture of it there on the screen. It's a small rock, it's a simple rock. Nothing fancy, nothing valuable, except to me. That rock represents the glory of God, because this rock came from the Grand Canyon. It's a big place. And when you're standing in the bottom of that, you feel pretty small. Why? Because God is so big. Can't even fully fathom all of who he is. And maybe you're here today saying, I need God to change my life. There are so many different things in my life that are kind of messed up and needing correction. And and he can transform you. He can turn your darkness to light. Maybe there's areas of sin and hidden aspects of your life that you're just trying to keep in a closet. And he's saying, hey, let let me in. And we're going to clean this up. We're going to make this a new place, a new home. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Maybe you're here today and you're full of fear, anxiety about all kinds of things. What is 2021 going to bring in? And on and on as you think back on this past year. Well, Jesus talked to his disciples who were also afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my, disciples, my brothers to go to, to Galilee, and there they will see me. 
Maybe you're here today, you feel lowly, insignificant, lonely perhaps. Am I just alone, God? Where are you? Isaiah says, I dwell, in, in Isaiah, God says, I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. It's his desire for you. It's to revive you, to give you hope, to make you part of his story. Maybe you feel like, I don't know where I'm headed. What's the, coming to the end of this year, I don't know what the next year is going to be. What's my purpose and place in all of this? Jesus said to Simon, maybe he was asking some of the same questions, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, I think that all of the things that we've been through really do do change our perspective on what is important what we really need. And so I hope that for you, as you look to this season, Christmas, just say, God, reveal yourself to me. Show me your greatness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm sure that there are people here today who are in darkness, in hidden sins and Secrets and lies that are they're feeling weighed down by shame and brokenness. But your word promises that you can change and fix and correct all of that. And maybe we have all kinds of different fears and thoughts and anxieties in our minds, and yet when we bring them to you, I guess they're really not such a big deal for you to take care of, are they? Lord, sometimes we are feeling isolated and lonely and maybe nobody even knows what's going on in our lives and, and yet you do. You can change us by living in us, making us a holy temple. That's mind-blowing. And it, Lord, if we could just be a part of your kingdom, a part of what you're doing in life, a part, of, a part of your message, like the shepherds brought out to proclaim the glory of God. We pray that this would be true. In Jesus' name, amen.